Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane. One thing that we try to deliver is a conversation that is less than fascinating so that you, our listeners, can feel free to just drift off. Follow us at Listen and Sleep. If you haven't yet, check out our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash the Insomnia Project. I want to thank you for joining us. We hope you will listen and sleep. I'm your host, Marco Timpano, and joining me today is a good friend, Yusuf Salman. Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. I want to make sure I say it. I know you for so long, and it's always like, uh, the one thing I don't want to do is say my friends' names incorrectly, right? right. Uh, Last names don't come up very often in conversation either. It's true. It's true. I often will get, so if I've met someone who, you know, I've met them once or twice, and then we bump into each other, let's say a year or so later, they'll make a mistake with my first name before they will with my last name. For some reason, my last name sticks in their head. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you know when you get a Starbucks drink and they ask you for your first name? Mm-hmm. For some reason, I'll always get Markle, like Sparkle, instead of Marco. Clearly, it's the way I'm saying my first name to to the barista. Right. But, yeah. Not enunciating enough. No, something. Something. <laughs> now, Yusuf, you are a rock climber. That's one of the things I remember when I first met you, we were talking about it because we both worked in the same place. And you were talking about this love you have for rock climbing. Mm-hmm. Who got you into rock climbing? Let's start there. There's a... Longtime friend of mine. Uh, I only run into him semi occasionally. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a bike mechanic and tour biker, so he bikes all over the continent. Um, he sent me a message one night saying, "There's this really cool place in the city you should check out. Come meet me." But he wouldn't say what it was. He just told me to wear comfortable clothes that I could move around in. And we ended up walking into a, a rock climbing gym. Cool. Yeah. Signed in, bought my rentals. Got on the rock wall and just immediately fell in love. Really? Yeah. What is it? Okay, so you do, is it bouldering is the one you do? Mm -hmm. Because there's a difference between bouldering and... Top roping. Okay. Or or lead climbing. There are various levels to it. You can see how much I know about it. Yeah. Although I have been rock climbing once many, many years ago. Okay. I don't have much upper body strength, so it was really challenging. There's two things I can say to that. Sure. (laughs) Okay, so I would say upper body strength is not as needed. Okay. Um, Your legs propel you as much as your arms pull you, if not more. You want your legs to 
push you more than your arms are pulling you. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So clearly I wasn't doing it right. No, I guess not. <laughs> but, uh, legs are bigger muscles mm-hmm. than, than your arms or shoulders. So they don't get tired as fast. Ah. Uh, if you're just pulling yourself up, you're going to get tired pretty fast and not be able to do it anymore. Okay. From the rock climbing I've seen, both on Instagram or on television, there is a grace to rock climbing. Mm-hmm. There is an elegance. There is a uh, an art almost to rock climbing. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I found so I fell in love with the with the movement of it, uh, but that was just at first just brute like upward. I can propel myself this way and get okay. higher. Cool. Right. The love continued to grow from being able to discover the elegance in the movement. Um, from realizing that my breathing does a certain thing to my body. So how I'm breathing affects my movement. Um, how to shift my hips for a different center of balance. It's, I, it's almost like dancing sure. in some ways. And I don't, I don't dance. I can't dance. Right. Uh, so I guess the movement of climbing is that equivalent for me. It's that sort of release. That's sort of fun. One of the things I remember that you had said to me years ago about rock climbing was that it is a sport that one does for themselves. So your competition isn't anything other than what you want to do. There's no, Mm -hmm. I don't know how you phrase it. You did it in such an elegant way, but um, talk to us about that. Well, uh, okay. So even as a child, I never really got into team sports. Mm -hmm. Um, it's too much, uh, for a long time I was painfully shy as a kid. Okay. Um, and it's too much like talking to other people, coordinating with other people and trying to win as a team. Um, and I guess the, the aspect of climbing for me was, uh, if I'm better than I was last week, that's good enough. Right. I don't have to be better than the guy next to me on the wall cause he's got or she's got other people on the wall have their own journey. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to be a better climber than I was last week or two weeks ago or a month ago. Um, I'm trying to move better. I'm trying to be more mindful of my movements. And if I can climb something tomorrow that I couldn't climb yesterday, that's cool. Right. That's a lot of fun. If I can swing down to Niagara Glen or head up to Blue Mountains... And last summer, there was a climb that I looked at and thought, I can't do that. That's too hard. Okay. But this summer, I can get on it and even make a little bit of progress. That's cool. I don't have to be able to be better than everybody else around me. So the challenge is more about yourself than anyone around you. Mm -hmm. And um, so you climb outdoors as well, it sounds like. So that's a bit misleading. How I was talking about it is a bit misleading. I haven't been because of working in kitchens, I haven't been outdoors in about three years. Oh, I see. Okay. Because most people go outdoors on the weekend. Sure. And, and you're working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, bouldering, what exactly does that mean? Generally, indoors, bouldering doesn't go higher than about 13 to 15 feet. Okay. At most. Uh, legally, you're not, for insurance reasons, not allowed to go higher than that. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, you're not clipped into a rope or harness. Mm-hmm. And if you fall, there are big 
mats on the bottom, crash pads. Oh, so you you're not on. rigged up for this. Because the one I did, I was rigged up. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, so for bouldering, there's no... It's just your climbing shoes. Okay. And that's it. And is a climbing shoe like a slipper? What's, what's it like? Is it more like a, um, a runner? Is it a... I picture it like this. A very thin ballet type slipper that has good grippiness yeah that's pretty accurate wow yeah. look at that so if you think of ballet slippers uh i don't know what the term is but you can you can stand on the edges of your toes toe shoes right and like do a twirl on on ballet slippers mm -hmm. that way uh climbing shoes are pretty much the same thing i see they're covered in rubber on the bottom they uh are ideally meant to exactly fit the shape of your foot. So they're they're going to be snug to your foot size, would that mm -hmm. be fair to say? Yes. Okay. Uh, and then you can use pretty much every part of your foot to help with the act of climbing. So I can dig my toes into somewhere and be able to let go uh, with my hands and still be able to hang on. Oh, man. Yeah. So your toes, like each toe must have muscles that you can manipulate and work that someone who doesn't do this kind of sport may not have yes okay uh the i mean the the big toe more than the other toes okay but similarly to how your thumb is more dexterous than the rest of your fingers okay um or more multi-purpose sure yeah climbing shoes are, are basically designed to make your feet work like bottom hands wow Okay, this might sound like an absurd or silly question, and please forgive me if, if it is really inaccurate, mm -hmm. but when you're doing your bowl, is it called bouldering, what you do? Mm -hmm. Yep. Are you gripping onto those little plasticky things of different colors and whatnot? Because that's how I remember. You know how they're like yep. different shapes and different colors? Yep. Is that what you're grabbing onto? Yes. Is there a shape, a preferred shape? That you like to try and grab onto? Like, is there like, oh, I love this one. It's easy for me. That's also a very good question. Uh, every once in a while. Um, so climbing holds come in... Uh, indoor climbing holds come in a variety of selections. Mm -hmm. uh, they're designed to as closely emulate outdoor holds as possible. Unless you're competition climbing, but that's a whole different thing. Sure. And, yeah, the over the years, the evolution of climbing holds has changed, too. But initially, they were meant to emulate outdoor climbing as much as possible. So you've got jugs. Okay. Which you can sink most of your hand into, like fingers, and then halfway down your palm, you can get almost all of your hand or all of your hand into this hold. Okay. Easiest to grab onto. You have slopers, which think of trying to grab... A giant beach ball okay uh, like you can you can put your entire hand on it but it doesn't have the most friction so your hands gonna slide off sure uh, you've got pinches which is if you're pinching something you're using your fingers the tips of your fingers and thumbs to to grab onto it sure and that's exactly what a pinch hold is but sometimes it's a wide pinch hold so if you think of trying to grab a brick from the outside edges right that's a pinch uh, and then you've got pockets so pockets are small holds with small openings so you can get one or two or three or four fingers into it okay but just your fingers 
not your entire hand like jugs they're like jugs but just with a small opening okay yeah. and so of jugs pinches pockets or beach ball slopers know. slopers which is your favorite i have uh worked at not being limited okay or rather not limiting myself so maybe it's not a fair question I'm no no it's okay. a totally fair okay. question uh so I would say right now pinches are my favorite. Okay. They're the easiest to grab onto for me. But I am trying to not limit myself. Okay. To only climbing on pinches cuz that then limits what I can climb outdoors when I do get back to it. What would you tell one of our listeners who's never rock climbed or bouldered before, who's going to venture into a rock climbing gym or a rock climbing facility? And they've never done it before. What are some things you would advise them or recommend or tips that you would give them? One, it's not about the person climbing next to you. Yes. Focus on yourself and just challenge yourself, I yeah. think is safe to say. That's a really good uh, That's a really good piece of advice to remember. Um, something I see with a lot of new climbers is that they come in and get very self-conscious because a lot of climbing facilities will have regulars that have been going there for a while and that pull hard on the harder climbs. Sure. But it's good to remember that everyone started from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And also it's good to remember in the simplest way that everyone falls. So never mind if somebody's looking at you when you fall because people are looking at them when they fall too. Fair. Everyone falls. Um, both in life and in the rock climbing gym. Yeah. <laughs> and then pushing with your legs. Remembering to push with your legs a lot more than pulling with your arms mm. is really good advice for first time. Now, do you prefer climbing up or getting down? I prefer climbing up. Okay. Uh, I. Because you don't rappel down, it sounds like, in Boulder. No. You have to physically climb back down, You right? can either, yeah. So or just jump on the mat. You can jump off. Okay. But that not that kind of cheating, chickening out? And, and or not chickening out, but like working the system i don't know how to describe yes. it but there's got to be something that yeah. um and potentially dangerous as well oh, okay and, and discouraged so, by most gym staff in most places so the insomnia project recommends that you do not jump on the mat rather climb back down as much as possible yes there you go okay what do you love most about rock climbing it is a distraction or a, a release from everyday day-to-day -day life mm -hmm. um, I can get fully into the movement of it it's it's a very meditative process for me how so uh, I'm entirely in my own head while I'm doing it uh, and it ties into the being better than I was yesterday I'm trying to f I'm focusing to a point that I'm thinking about my movement and my breathing and my center of balance and then the edges of my fingers and the edges of my toes. It's, it's a full body immersion wow. experience for me. Yeah. It sounds almost yogic, meditative, poetic, if you will. Mm -hmm. And uh, speaking of poetic, you are also someone who I know who writes poetry and really enjoys po poetry. Mm -hmm. And this, would you call it a sport? I'm calling it a sport. Is that what yep. you, this sport is a lot more poetic than I thought it was having this conversation with you. It does have this sort of, like you said, you, you compared it to dance and you compared it to uh, how it's meditative for you and how the challenge is brought onto yourself. And it has um, 
a very sort of it has an inherent beauty in it that one might not see unless you really look at it right, right. and that that might be my own uh bias towards it as well mm-hmm. i might have been inclined that way to begin with and i've just layered it on the on the climbing no but i think i think it's something that i don't i don't know like for me, oftentimes when I hear people speak of the activity that they enjoy, I sense something or I can, I can correlate it with some, something. And maybe I know that you like poetry, that maybe that it was an easy sort of um, leap for me. Mm-hmm. Pardon the pun. Um, but let's talk about poetry. Okay. Um, what got you into poetry? I think it's partially my mother's fault. Okay. Uh, Always blame the mother, it yeah. seems. <laughs> Uh, although I wouldn't call it blame, I like no, saying no. fault, okay. but I'm grateful for her influence. So my mom's an English literature major. Oh, cool. Um, and growing up introduced me to the love of stories. So I remember her and my father reading stuff to me, and then I remember her teaching me how to read. And then later on in life, I remember her giving me recommendations of what to read next okay and she used to go to poetry or actually she still does she goes to poetry events herself so partially my mom's influence and then partially uh once again the influence of friends uh i don't remember how i went to my how come i went to my first poetry slam okay but i do remember going with friends saying we should go check this out. This will be fun. Oh, wow. Yeah. And for our listeners who aren't aware, what exactly is a poetry slam? I have my idea of what it is, but I'm sure it's not correct. But I would assume it's uh, an open mic where people can go up and read their poetry. Is that fair? Or Yes. So not entirely open mic. Okay. Um, poets sign up for the event beforehand. Okay. Uh, or often at the door. Uh, there is an open mic portion in the middle. Uh, where somebody who feels inspired or has something that they want to share and didn't make the sign-up list can go up and perform. Uh, But the poets who sign up are judged by the audience based on, I guess, audience perception of the poem. Okay. It's almost like a spoken word, almost like a rap battle uh, or a spoken word competition. Oh, wow. Yeah. But and it would have to be a poem you wrote that you read at the self-written okay. poems only. Yeah, you can't you you can't read someone else's poem. No. What poets speak to you, or what poems speak to you? Is there any poet in particular? I'm a huge fan of Leonard Cohen's music, mm-hmm. and so it's an easy sort of jump from his music to his poetry for me. Yeah, and then um, I don't know if you're familiar with Irving. Irving Layton, who was a contemporary of Cohen's. Okay. And his poetry has a comedic, almost some of his poetry has a comedic harsh edge to it, which I really appreciate. Okay. And of course, these are Canadian icons and and writers. And so they speak to me on that level as well. Mm -hmm. I would say that Cohen is more of a poet than a songwriter. Okay. Uh, I think his his lyrics, his, his writing is more poetry and you can put music to poetry um but you can always take songs and and perform them as a poem or speak them as a poem without the music right 
uh, I think Leonard Cohen's writing is poetry first. Fair. He's certainly not a he's certainly not a singer first, and he's no. the fir- he was the first to say that. Right. So, um, yeah, that's fascinating. Kind of um, like uh, Bob Dylan. Yes, that's a great, and they often get compared, right? Because their mm-hmm. writings are so strong and so poetic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what what poet or poetry speaks to you? Um, so, I'm going to throw some names out there that you might not know. Fair. Uh, my exposure is is mostly through poetry slams. Okay. So, uh, contemporary young artists, uh, mostly North American, specifically mostly Canadian. Uh, although a lot of people might know the name of Shane Coison. Yes. Uh, Shane Coison's a big one for me. Okay. I love his writing. It's very powerful. Yes. He was asked to read poetry at the closing of the Vancouver, Vancouver Olympics. Olympics. Yeah. So you may have seen him perform there if you were watching the closing Olympics of the 2000 and I want to say 10 Olympics in... I don't remember now. In Vancouver. It was Winter Olympics. Yeah, it was Winter Olympics. So like anyway, sorry, been... I didn't mean to go off on a tangent, no, no. but... Uh... And he has that one poem. If you haven't had a chance to see it It, they've put an animation to it and it's really powerful yeah um to this day to this day thank you by shane quasi yeah wonderful poem Mm. taylor molly is another one Mm -hmm. for me uh because i want to i've always had a fascination with teaching um and i want to be a teacher at some point myself uh taylor molly is a retired teacher turned poet based in new york city um, and a lot of his poems deal with the theme of teaching. Uh, he has one where he was talking about trying to teach a math class while across the street they're lowering a grand piano out of a window using a crane. Amazing. And all the students are entirely distracted. <laughs> Who wouldn't be? Yeah. And, and he goes, I understand. It's just math. Uh, but across the street, there's a twirling, dangling, slowly lowering grand piano. Um, he goes, let me teach math the way a grand piano lowers out of a window. Oh, that's pr- pretty lovely. Yeah. Uh. So I love Taylor Molly's poems. Um, he's got a lot of darker subject matter, but specifically his teaching poems are amazing. And then I guess top of my list would be Andrea Gibson. Uh, Andrew Gibson is a poet based out of Colorado. I don't remember specifically where in Colorado. Okay. A lot. I'm of... gonna say Boulder, Colorado. Maybe just because Maybe. we were talking about Boulder yeah, yeah. <laughs> earlier. And Boulder, Boulder, funny Colorado, connection. Colorado is has a very strong artistic scene to it. Okay, it's a real strong city for the arts. So mm-hmm. I'm just gonna guess that. Okay, I do want to go to Boulder, Colorado at some point. It is a climbing destination as well. It is as well. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Colorado in general, but yeah, Boulder, Colorado is a climbing destination. Cool. Uh, Andrew Gibson's poems deal with themes of social justice mostly, and that's also very important to me. Uh, so I love her poems. How do you approach the page when you write a poem? That's a good question. Um, it's a mix. 
sometimes I feel like I have to run to grab pen and paper or pull out my phone super quick and start typing uh, because something is flowing through me that I need to write down. Okay. Um, I've never actually missed it. It's always kind of circled around in my head until I get to the pen and paper uh, or the phone. And then other times, uh, there are times where I have an idea in my head of a point I want to make or something I want to argue or even just a feeling I want to put on the page. A lot of what I write is about climbing. Um, and I try and put the feeling of climbing onto the page often. Um, and that's less of a flow and more of something I'm working on until it's done. Cool. So I'll jot notes down or even mentally. Often it's just mentally. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, one thing that struck me that you just said is that you have two mediums in which you can write your poems with. One with pen and paper and the other actually using your phone or, an, or a device to mm -hmm. tap your poems in. And I wonder, does the tapping of your fingers affect the way your poems are written? Because it's a different experience with the flow and the undulating feel of pen to paper versus the tip, 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 tap, tap, tap of your fingers. Right. Um, I don't think it affects, at least me. Okay. It doesn't affect me. Uh, my phone's always on silent anyway. Uh, so even with the tip tapping, I'm more trying to focus on the words that are coming out and uh, putting them together just perfectly. I see. Uh, rather than feeling the phone itself or, or whatever device. So you're looking at precision in your words? Yes. Are you looking at precision in your climbs? Yes. And I want to say we had a precision in this episode. Thank you so much for being a part of the Insomnia Project. I appreciate you bringing your love for climbing and poetry to this episode. Mm, thank you. Yusuf, thank you. This is the Insomnia Project. This episode was recorded in Toronto, Canada. As always, we hope you enjoyed it and we hope you continue to listen and sleep.